0: In Melbourne that have entered a third straight day. Hundreds of protesters have wreaked havoc on Melbourne's CBD today and have made their way to the Shrine of Remembrance. In what started as a stand against mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations for the construction sector and a closure of building site tea rooms has since turned into wider unrest. President of the ACTU Michelle O'Neill told the ABC Prime Minister Scott Morrison has vacated the field allowing misinformation to spread. It's
1: really essential that we hear strong, clear messaging and that we overcome what's already caused part of this problem. This void has been created because we had such a lack of clear public health messaging coming from the federal government.
0: Australia's tourism and trade minister believes international borders will be open in time for Christmas. Dan who is preparing to depart Australia for overseas meetings with counterparts, said the nation was on track to lift travel restrictions this year. More than 45,000 Australians are stranded overseas, with the vigour rising in recent months due to reduced passenger arrival caps. Australia is being urged to adopt widespread rapid screening to pick up fully vaccinated coronavirus carriers without symptoms who could unknowingly transmit the disease. ACT Chief Minister Andrew Barr foreshadowed an increased role for rapid antigen testing, which can be less accurate but quicker than nose and throat swabs, to weed cases out. Mr Barr has stressed the need for rapid antigen swabs that return results within 20 minutes to catch asymptomatic infections as vaccination coverage increases. One of the worries moving forward is that fully vaccinated people, a lot of them will be asymptomatic. They'll be carriers of the virus and they'll infect other people, but they won't even know they've got it. Uh, And so that's where there will be an increased role for rapid antigen testing. Canberra has recorded 17 new local infections, New South Wales has 1,035 and 5 deaths, Victoria 628 and 3 deaths, and Queensland has one local case. Coronavirus vaccines will be mandatory for West Australia's port staff who access or work with vessels exposed to the virus. The state government has set a deadline of October 15th for all workers to have had at least one COVID-19 jab. This comes as the Moderna vaccine is now available at some WA pharmacies, with walk-ins welcome among people aged over 12. More than 470 pharmacies across WA will join the program early next month, and Health Minister Roger Cook is urging people to get the jab.
2: This is another opportunity for Western Australians to do the right thing, to make sure that they roll up for WA get themselves vaccinated to protect themselves, their family and their community from COVID-19.
0: And in sport, former Collingwood AFL caretaker coach Robert Harvey has joined Hawthorne, where he will serve as part of a New Look panel under Sam Mitchell. Harvey held the job on an interim basis after the Magpies parted ways with Nathan Buckley in June, leading the side to two wins and seven losses. He joins Triple Premiership Hawks David Hale and Andrew Collins as new additions to Hawthorne's coaching panel, along with former West Coast assistant Adrian Hickmott.
3: National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the community radio network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting
4: Foundation.
0: And now for the
4: latest weather on a live 90.5.
2: Four minutes past three here on Alive 90.5, this is Business Insights with Mario and Matt. Although Mario has stepped out, unfortunately, and it is just me, but I have a lovely lady. Her name is Faria Nida. She's with me in studio and she's in training. She's going to have her own show coming up. Not too sure of the name as of yet, but stick around because I'm excited for it. It's 18 degrees outside. It's cloudy out there, but sun's still out. Still warm out there. It's tops of 20 today. Tomorrow, Thursday, tops of 27. It's going to be sunny. I'm looking forward to that. And same with Friday, tops of 28 degrees.
5: And now, on Alive 19.5, here's the latest traffic information.
2: In Mays Hill, the Great Western Highway at Burnett Street, it's been two cars been in a crash, westbound traffic affected. In Oran Park, the Northern Road at Peter Brock Drive, there's been a truck breakdown and one of four southbound lanes are closed. Green Anchor, the Hume Highway at Muir Road, has been a car breakdown, one of three southbound lanes closed. And in Cogra, the President Avenue at West Botany Street, there's been a crash of multiple vehicles, two of three eastbound lanes are closed. Hope, hope they're all right over there. Five minutes past three, and this is Business Insights with Mario and Matt here on this wonderful, wonderful Wednesday afternoon. And like I said, I've got a lovely lady. Let's introduce her. Faria, how are you? Hey, Matt. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Yourself? Good, good. you speaking to the mic a little bit closer? Yep.
1: Can you hear me now? Speak now? Can you hear me now? Here we
2: go. There we go. Lovely, lovely, (laughs) lovely. How are you?
1: Good. How are you, Matt? Good, thank good. you. I'm
2: very excited to have you in studio.
1: Me too.
2: Let's get training. I mean, let's get talking. I, um, I know. Good thing I have a big mouth. and <laughs> <laughs> <though Me> too. <laughs> <laughs> it must be, you know, the, the ethnic blood. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got a very, very special guest which who I personally find truly inspiring. He's someone I've came in contact with. Honestly, I think it was a couple months ago. And anyways, his name is Andrew Jobling. He's live, unfortunately not in studio. He's actually not even in Sydney. But Andrew, how are you?
4: Hello, oh, Matthew. How are you?
2: Good. Thank you. Yourself? I'm
4: good. I'm good.
2: It's great to speak with you again. It's, it's, it's good um, to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Faria?
1: Hi, yeah. Andrew. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks, Faria. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good.
2: Andrew, I'm heavily inspired by you. You have a resume that is like no other, truly. Oh,
4: really? Well, thank you.
2: <laughs> I, I, I look to you in absolute admiration. You've the, the way I see it, like former AFL player, writer, speaker, coach, you've gone about your life in a very interesting way. And I'd love to ask about the AFL journey uh, just at the beginning in the first segment and then we'll transition to other things but I do really want to talk about your podcast and your books that you have as well especially the wellness puzzle yeah. your latest one so tell me about the AFL journey what was it like growing up and what inspired you to get into
4: it well it's a story that's for sure uh, and and just so that I absolutely date myself here when I started playing it wasn't AFL it was VFL
2: so, VFL, it's, okay. It's, <laughs> what does
4: what does that stand for? A long time ago, when dinosaurs roamed the earth. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> look, I was a. I played seven years of uh, footy at St Kilda, and it was an interesting time.
5: And I don't know how many. I, I don't know how many
4: AFL supporters you've got listening to your show, Matt. But um, probably not that many. I'm guessing.
2: Has the so, AFL has the, a. a as AFL just died All of a sudden <laughs>
4: but, Well I'm not sure What it's like in, in Sydney at the moment Obviously I'm not in Sydney I'm in Melbourne um, So AFL is sort of The sport here um, Yeah so look the, the journey started When I was a young kid I um, It was interesting A lot of people think You know You've got this Young kid You've got this dream To be a, a famous footballer And I did But probably for not the reasons Most people think oh, I might you know, I grew up you know, I've got a happy, had a happy family life, but I had some insecurities and uh, and I was, uh, I think like probably a lot of kids, I was insecure and I'm, I was a middle child and I don't know if any middle children. Oh, I know,
1: I know how children. that feels, Andrew. I'm a middle Are child. Are you a <laughs> Are you a middle child? As well? <laughs> there is a syndrome, no matter how what people think. <laughs> is there? Uh-huh. Is there? Definitely. It's there is, Well, uh, there is something, the journey is yeah. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, you would know if you're a middle child. There is a difference. Uh, yeah.
4: Attention seekers we are. because, yep. And my brother, you know, my old brother was really smart and, you know, he, I used to get, one of the things that really, when I was young, frustrated me. I was, I'd get told by teachers, why aren't you more like your brother? You know, and...
2: Oh, there's nothing worse than that. I wanted oh to
4: my punch God. my teacher and my brother at that point. And, and then when my younger sister came along, she was really cute, like this incredibly cute little girl, and all of a sudden, she's getting all this attention. So my brother's smart, my sister's cute, and I yep. am sitting there in the middle going, wait, hey, hey, what about me here? Me, 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 me. I, was, I think it's pretty self-absorbed, self-absorbed back in those days.
2: Well, as a kid, I mean, like, I mean, like you, here you have your older... You're at school, and you're having all the teachers saying, why aren't you like your brother? Oh. Why aren't you good enough? And, and then you have your sister come along and now she's getting all the attention she's the cute little bottom of the family what about Andrew?
4: Exactly yeah, yeah. exactly well that's, that was my thinking and I tried the tantrums I tried running away from home they didn't really work so I just had this crazy idea I'm going to be a football star I, I liked footy I wasn't great at it um, I, I just thought well if I'm going to get attention I've got to do something extraordinary and that was honestly that's the decision that led me down the path they Got me into, you know, I got excited. I just started to visualize, you know, being a football star and running out onto the ground in front of hundreds of thousands of screening fans. And mm-hmm. and so I got to work, and, and there's so this power and a vision. You know, I had this vision, I don't even know how old are you at the stage? Oh, look, I don't even know, probably eleven or twelve years old. You
1: manifested right? you manifested the whole thing.
2: 11, you know? 11 or twelve years old, but you're you're visualizing. Visualizing You're planning yeah. your future ahead.
1: I visualize that. Very mature. I got, excited. Right?
4: I got I got to work and at sixteen I was at St Kilda and I was there for seven years and um yeah, look it was an interesting time. It, it, I don't think, again, I'm sure neither of you, you're way, way, way too young. You you've heard of what St. Kilda was like in the eighties, and that's when when I played. It was if we won a game of footy, it was celebrated like a grand final. Actually, to think of if we kicked the goal, it was celebrated like a grand final. So we, you know, right. we went, <laughs> What does <laughs> what,
2: what what does that mean? In, in like a little bit more detail.
4: What does that mean? Well, it means we struggled to win any games. It was a very poor club. We, we in, mm. the, in the decade of the eighties. I think we won about seven wooden spoons, which that means... Oh, wow. ...finished dead last.
2: Yeah, wow. Oh, wow. So,
4: so whilst there wasn't a lot of success at, in terms of that, and, and it was, a, you know, like, it was a workplace. It was a professional sporting club, so it was a workplace. So it, was, it was actually a pretty toxic workplace at that. Um, but I'm proud of what I achieved. I'm glad I did it. There's a lot of pretty amazing lessons that come out of sport. I, I learnt the power of a vision. I learnt uh, that, you know, you've got to keep going when you feel like giving up. I learned that um, if you get knocked down, you get up again. I, I learned when you miss out on selection, you don't have a tantrum, you, you get up and you work harder and you keep going and and a lot of my journey is around, you know, is very much about that. Because as I said, I wasn't the most talented by far, but I just had a vision and, and I was willing to work and keep getting up when I got knocked down, which happened a lot. So. Um, yeah, it was interesting. It was a very interesting
2: time. Though that's Um, easier said than done. At that age, like, when you're young, it is so much easier just to give up. Though, kids tend to be a little bit more resilient, right? Like, they go try to learn how to pedal a bike. They fall over 30, 40 times. They still get back up, and they ride again. They graze their knee. Who cares? I'm getting back up. That's right. Right? Or, I'm like, you see kids fall, and they hit their heads, and like, no, I'm getting back up. What? That's right. Was it? That well, firm of vision that you had in your mind that was so solidified that you were like, no, there is no other way. Was that it?
4: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I thought, look, again, it's a long time ago, so I'm trying to trying to remember what was going on in my head. Look, I'm, I've always been a very naive um, and very spontaneous kind of person, so I don't overthink things. I, I've been one of the good things, well, I've been good and bad. In my life, is that I, I get I get a vision for something that I want. I don't overthink it, and I get into action. And look, the thing that honestly, the thing is, what that I found, you know, yeah. There's going to be some some challenges. I mean, Matt, Matt, you know that better than anyone. There's going to be some challenges in life, uh, but if you stay focused on what you want, and if you feel like you're moving ahead, you know, I think it. What, what, I tend to find people. Feel like nothing is happening in their life, but if if you're taking a step every day forward, then things are happening, and it's it's just that intuitive knowledge that okay, well, I'm I'm getting up every day, and I'm I'm getting better, and I'm working harder, and I'm practicing, and you know, I went through a 20 month period where I I got I played my first senior game of footy, um, and it was 20 months before I played my second game. You know, so 20 months where I I turned up. To training. I trained. I played. I sat every every Thursday night. I sat there waiting for the teams to be read out, and I missed the selection week after week after, week after week after week after week after week after week. Wow. Yep. My my. This is just my naive thinking. Was well, okay. If I just keep showing up, one of two things will happen. Either I'm going to get a t- I'm going to get a game. They're going to finally select me, or they're going to tell me I'm not good enough. Either way, I'm going to know for sure. Because the, the the reality is, when we That's give amazing. up on something, and I'm, and it's tragic that most people give up on things in their life, they'll never know if they were good enough.
2: Was there a fear behind that? the only that, failure do you think? in
4: life, the only failure is giving up. You cannot fail. You know when you, I knew that, you know, if I was told at the end of the day that I wasn't good enough to be a professional footballer, I still don't. I don't consider that failure because I gave it everything I've got. I did the best I could. I got as far as I could go based on my ability and I'd be happy with it. The reality is for mm. the majority of people when things get hard or they don't go the way we want, we just say, oh, well, I'm not good enough. We have this erroneous belief that we're not good enough. When the fact is, it takes effort, it takes focus, it takes discipline, it takes time, it takes personal development, prof- uh, it, takes, it takes skill development, it takes maturity, it takes, Resilience, it takes persistence to become the person you need to be to achieve what you want. Mm. And, um, you know, again, I, I don't know where I got this wisdom from at a young age, but I don't think... You said it was the ...wisdom. I think it's just about what do you want and how important is it. And when you get fixed on something, you go, I'm going to have that. Uh, then it doesn't really matter what comes your way because... Whatever obstacle or challenge comes away, you find a way around it because you're looking on the other side of the obstacle. You're looking at, I was looking at success. I was looking at being a regular player. I wasn't looking at, you know, if I, if I missed a game, I was like, okay, well, that sucks, but that's okay. I've just got to play better, play better next week and, and get, prepare myself for the next week and then the next week and it will come. you just got to be there long enough to see it happen.
1: Yeah, but, wow, wow. Remember? What was your feeling when what? after 20 months you got selected? Hey, that feeling. What was the feeling? Yeah, you were sitting there and you uh, were like... Oh, I think you?
4: the initial feeling was relief. Like, <laughs> <it sounded>
1: good, <laughs> I finally got it. in, like, damn it. <laughs> finally.
4: Well, it was, it was an indication that, um, that I'm good enough. It was, it was, good, you wow. You know, like it was incredibly gratifying that I was very proud of myself for, for hanging in there. Yeah, you know, it makes a good story now. And, you know, I also, what I realised was that I needed that 20 months to become the person and the player I needed to be, to be a f- professional footballer. If I, you know, that first game I played 20 months earlier, I was not ready. And so I'm glad it took 20 months. And that sounds weird, but...
2: No, it's amazing. I needed anything, that time though. to develop. A, I was
4: immature, I, you know, in a lot of ways. And so I needed that time to develop.
2: Truly, truly, Andrew, this is this is amazing to hear. I mean, it's such wisdom at such a young age, and applying it and persevering despite it all. Look, I think it's a great time to actually t- take a quick break. This is um, this has been a <laughs> such a great conversation already. We'll be back shortly. This is Business Insights with Mario and Matt, and we'll sh- can take you on a short break. This is MK and Sonny Federa coming up with One Night.
5: Alive
6: 90.5. We go in circles, you and me. We said the same things, but never what we mean. I know that you want to play games. But not tonight, not tonight, not tonight, Just give me the taste so I know I'm alive. Cause I keep dancing on the edge of a night. I'm what's so wrong?
5: serving the Hills, Parramatta and Cumberland areas since 1992. that paying for a funeral can be a financial burden. However, have you ever thought of paying off a prepaid funeral? With none of the ongoing premiums that is associated with funeral insurance, $1,000 can get you started. Hills Family Funerals, a family owned and operated business of 35 years, can make it easier for you. Call 02-9659-0900. ask for Richard Spiteri, or speak to one of the friendly staff members to learn how. Get assistance today. Call Hills Family Funerals station sponsor
2: Penny's Crispy Pork Crackling is slow-cooked for that big crunch and taste. Put some crunch in your munch. As a 100% Australian-owned business, Penny's Crispy Pork Crackling have been supplying deliciously crispy snacks in three crunch-tastic flavours. Barbecue, chilli and original to pubs, bottle shops, grocers and butchers in the Hills District. Order some now by visiting our website at pennyscrackling.com.au spelt with a Y or calling 02 8068 9664. Station sponsor.
4: Did you know that over 2 million children get bullied each day across Australia? Workplace bullying costs our economy over $36 billion each year. G'day, this is Brett Murray, CEO of Make Bullying History Foundation. As Australia's premier anti-bullying organisation, we deliver seminars to schools and workplaces across the nation to bring an end to bullying. To book in your school or workplace, or to donate to help our work, visit www.makebullyinghistory.org. Together, we can make bullying history.
2: It's 22 minutes past 3 and it's, it's warmed up a little bit, it's 19 degrees out there, it's Business Insights, not with Mario and Matt today, but with Faria and Matt. I <laughs> know. <laughs> no, Faria, like, it's, it's lovely having you in the studio and I've, it's the first time we're meeting, you've met Mario long long time ago. Yeah, you,
1: it's been over a
2: year I've known Mario. Yeah, but over a year you've known yep, Mario, yep. yeah, amazing, amazing. But... More importantly, our guests. Sorry, Faria. No, we're all good. <laughs> we're, we're with Andrew Jobling, and Andrew has just shared our amazing his amazing story of when he was younger and the amount of wisdom that he held just by visualising a goal. When he was 11 years old, at 11, he had a vision. You know, being a middle child, he wanted he wanted some attention because you know his his older brother got all the attention, but then when this younger sister came around, now she was the cute one. She got it. She got everything. So he was so focused on the vision of becoming a football player, and that's what, exactly what he did though Andrew, one thing you didn't touch on, but I just want to to ask out of my sheer curiosity, was there a fear underneath the surface throughout that journey of wanting to come that that person?
4: Of course, I think uh. I think fear is involved with everything, isn't it? I mean, there's always fear. And I, I've lived with fear a lot of my life, you know, fear of making a fool of myself, fear of not being good enough, fear of, um, like today, I still have fear that, you know, the books I write, the talks I do, there's always a fear that, that you know, someone's going to criticize you or um, I mean, I guess, I don't think I ever thought I was scared of getting hurt, even though I got pretty hurt. I mean, when I was 17 years old, I was end up reasonably hurt. But I I I don't think I was scared of that. I think more, my fear has always been other people's opinions, wanting people, wanting to be liked, accepted, validated. That's been my fear. That's been the thing that's driven me to do things. But it's also, there's also been that, that fear of, okay, well, what if I'm not so good at it? Or what if. Yeah, what if I make a fool of myself? So, but I never really focused too much. I mean, never. I was never had enough fear for it to stop me, which wow. I'm grateful for. Wow, That's... I've always had fear and still do to this day. But I think I've learnt that fear is not a barrier unless you let it stop you. I mean, I've always realised, and I think a lot of people would know this. You know, if you do something that that you're fearful of you realise afterwards well it wasn't that bad it wasn't that scary yeah. and the more you do stuff doesn't mean the fear lessens it means that the confidence within yourself to be able to do it anyway is there so you, do, you, st- you don't remove fear I mean, people I think being fearless is having no fear well that's not true we all no. have fear <clears throat> or courage people say well if you're courage if you don't have any fear no courage is is having fear and, mm. and doing what you say you're going to do anyway.
1: Fear's always there. It's always going to be... I 100% agree with you, Andrew. It never leaves us, but it's how we tackle it, right? And you've done a really good job of it.
4: Thank you. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look, fear just means something important, I think. It, it just means, okay, if I'm really... If I, didn't, if I wasn't scared, then it wouldn't be important to me. Yeah, if it I just shows you value it. it yeah. If I wasn't scared of losing it, if I wasn't scared of what other people thought, I, it, it just would mean I don't care.
2: But, um, no, absolutely, ab- absolutely. It is a good thing.
4: For me, in my mind, I like fear. When I'm scared, like, good, this is this is important to me.
2: Yeah. Now, Andrew, you describe yourself as an interesting person, an unlikely athlete, and an accidental author. Yeah. I
3: love <laughs> so,
2: that. <Okay. laughs> explain that. So, going from being an athlete then to an accidental author, how's that an accident? <laughs> you wrote your own book, right? <laughs> it didn't just come to
4: you, did it? I did, I did, I did. I, <laughs> did. I mean, look. Uh, it's a nice. It's a nice. It's got a nice um, ring to it.
2: Actually, it
4: has a beautiful talent. ring. I, I agree. Uh, so, uh, well, look. Unlikely athlete because I was never, you know, if you look at me as a kid, and I and I talk a lot about this when I go into schools, because I mean, my one of the things I do when I go into schools, Matt, like you, is trying to inspire teenagers to believe more in themselves and to, you know, having and not and not that their ability or talent define or their intellect define them, but what they want. You know, so when I was a kid, I was skinny. I was, I was, as I said, middle child. I was insecure. I was pretty sickly as a kid. I, I wasn't that talented yet. I, yet because of focus and because of creating good habits and work ethic and and that vision, I played professional sport. Now, the reason I call myself an accidental author is really simple. Because the last thing I ever thought about doing was writing a book. I never thought about. I didn't want to be an author. I wanted to be a footballer. I mean, I I didn't even think I need to read. Like even at school, my my teachers used to get frustrated with me why don't you why don't you pay more attention why because i said because i'm going to be a footballer and in my mind football was you know no brains required right like you don't need to have brains to be a footballer you just need to grunt a lot and run through (laughs) so so i I honestly did not value education and i didn't and i got through I, i the only reason i got through year 12 was just pride in performance i guess um and and I and I vowed to myself that I you know I don't need to read anymore. I've done that, and so off I went. And I after my footy career ended, I well my professional footy career ended. I got into personal training and became a fitness trainer again. You know, it's read a lot to be interested you know, need to lift weights and have a six pack and buns of steel. So um, so I didn't do a lot of reading, and I was working a lot of hours. I was working you know five am starts and nine pm finishes. so I didn't have time to read even if I wanted to. And the, the moment that, it came, that I made the decision to write a book, it came out of, probably out of desperation more than anything. And I, I, was, a, I was part owner of a personal training business that, and I was working 80 hours a week in that business. I bought a cafe and, because I got very inspired about nutrition, so I thought, oh, I'm gonna buy a cafe. and thought I could run it in addition to working 80 hours a week as a personal trainer with no hospitality experience. So <laughs> for the next two years, I ended up working seven days a week I worked over a hundred hours a week uh, and wow. the cafe ended up in about a hundred thousand dollars debt so even though you am I? wow I, I was at probably the lowest point in my life and and I remember just sitting there one day head in my hands thinking this is not how I want to live and then I asked myself a question that I'd never asked myself before I asked myself so Andrew how do you want to live not what do you want to do? I said. I asked myself, "How do you want to live?" Very different. I thought I wanted to be a personal trainer. I realised I didn't after fifteen years because I had no life. Um, so I asked myself, "How do you want to live?" And I, and I thought, "Well, I want to I want to impact lives. That's that's important. But I want to have time, and I want to do. I want to love my life, and I have money, and I have multiple streams of income, and I want to. I want to be able to travel and be healthy. I think everyone, if you if you were to ask people that question how do you want to live i think most people would probably answer it in that way they'd say well i want to be i want to have money i want to have time i want to have good relationships i want to be healthy i want to make a difference and so i'm sitting there uh, I've, I've just sort of started to think about what i want again it was a vision and then this idea comes into my head and it was totally a logical idea it was and you should write a book and so that's the mm. first thought I've ever had in my life about writing a book, and it made no sense at all because I had no time. I was in debt. I was working two businesses. I was working over 100 hours a week. I had no background skills, experience, qualifications to become an author. I didn't read. English was my worst subject by far at school. <laughs> but I mean, what, I mean, what would lead you to that decision to write a book? I mean, it makes no sense.
2: It's an accident.
4: It, <laughs> <laughs> I love ex- it. Exactly. <laughs> that, exactly. That's the, it's the thing. Way yeah. To see. I could see the connection to becoming an author and what I'd just visualized. Because I thought, well, if I've got a book, I'll get royalty income, Um, it'll give me more credibility, it'll give me more exposure, it'll put me on stages, it'll help me get more speaking gigs, it'll help me get out of this personal training trap that I'm in, and that's why I did it. Again, like the footy, I visualized it, I got excited, and that very day I started writing. And, and I just I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to write a book. But I thought, well, I know what I want to say. i just got to put it in words. So I just started tr- trying to fit little pockets of time in every day. And within a few months, I'd written a book. And within two years, I'd, I had my first book published. So it was published in 2004. And... In fact, I published two books in 2004 because the publishers then asked me to write another one that they had a series of. So I ended up with two published books in 2004 that went on to sell over 100,000 copies. And uh, Amazing. that's where it all started. But it was a, a, a totally, like, honestly, like, if I was an analytical thinker, I would have talked myself out of it in three seconds. I would have gone pros, cons, Andrew jombing author, um, all the reasons why and all the reasons why not, I would have talked myself out of it in seconds. You know, it would not compute. You know, you feed that data into a computer, Andrew Jobling, author, the thing would explode, right? So clearly it was not a logical decision, but it was the best decision I've ever made because it, that that's the thing that transformed my life. I mean, as I'm talking to you now, I'm on the verge of publishing my eighth book and the result of that decision was two years later, I retired from personal training uh, you know, I, I speak in schools. I do corporate stuff now. I've got the podcast, you know, I've got the podcast. Um, you know, I mentor authors. I, I've got business, different businesses. Um, life's pretty cool. But it, I can trace it all back to that one crazy illogical decision to write a book.
2: But it all stems from one question. How I do you want to that live question? your
4: life? How uh, do I want to live?
2: That's, I mean... You never hear it framed like that. Because you always hear, you know, I mean, at least when I was growing up, I would always hear, you know, adults come and ask me, oh, Matt, what do you want to do for the rest of your life?
1: Yeah,
3: I
2: know. God, I mean, I'm I'm freaking Who 15. Knows. How the hell am I going to know what I'm going to do for the rest of my well, life?
4: that was part of your issue, right? Like part of the, <laughs> your journey that took you down that very bad, bad path, right, was that question, right? What do you want to – like what kid knows? <laughs> what person
2: knows Honestly, what they're going to do for the rest yeah. of their life?
4: It's what so difficult, knows. yes.
2: <laughs> exactly right exactly right but well, you, we all know how we want to live That yes I love
1: that you yes. know what I've got kids and I'm guilty of saying what do you want to do like not as this, I want them to know that I want to be a doctor or a cleaner or whatever I want to know like what their interest lies and then now I'm going to change the whole perspective and say how do you want to live how, how do you, you know that's amazing just by one you word think about, think about I love it
4: you look at Go go into Sydney City and go and do a survey of people. Well, yep. We can't at the moment, but when everyone's in lockdown, go and do a survey and ask them how many of them are satisfied and love their career. Yep. And you would find maybe one in ten would say yes. Yep. So
3: there's
4: ninety there's ninety percent of people that go and do something they don't love. Yeah because they were asked when they were a kid, what do you want to be or what do you want to do when you grow up? And they thought, I want to be a lawyer!" yay! And then they get into longer. That's not what I want at all, but now they've done yeah. five years of study. They've invested all this time well, yep. I guess. You know, doctors are the same. I mean, I have incredible respect for doctors, don't get me wrong, but there's plenty of them that don't love being a doctor. Yet they invest eight to ten years of study, they can't do anything else. Well, they've got to justify all that study. So I asked the wrong question. What yeah. do you want to do? Well, like when I was asked, mm. well, this is, my parents said, what do you want to do? I said, I'm going to be football. And they go, no, no, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to be football. You know, right. and, and my parents pushed me to get a, you know, pushed me down an education path that was wrong for me. Um, but they were doing the best they could because they didn't know any better. So they knew. Yeah, exactly know, they said, right. Oh, well, yeah. Let's get him to, so I did, in year 12, I did sciences, maths and sciences, which ugh, 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 makes me shudder now. And somehow <laughs> I got through, but, and then I ended up, and, and then when I got to choose my my tertiary education, again, my parents said, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I said, i want to be a football. And they said, no, no, let's, and this is what I said to my parents. I said, I don't care as long as it's got to do with sport. And, you know, this is a 15, 16 year old, right? Like, yep. that's all I knew. As, it got, as long as it's got to do with sport, I'm happy. So I looked through the options and I saw physical education, right? And I thought, okay, phys ed, sounds like sport. I'll do that. So, I went on to do a four-year physique degree, and it was in third year of that degree when I actually realised I was going to become a school teacher. I I cared so little. Yes. Honestly, oh. Oh, I because I, I was at St Kilda at the time. I was playing footy. I was, I was living my dream. I cared so little about where that degree was leading me that I didn't even know until third year. Because I remember third year, I was sitting there in the in the lecture. And first day, in the lecturers talking about the year and, the, and casting vision, and I'm saying, yeah, whatever. I just want to get out and kick the footy. Uh, and at some point, he got my attention and he said, "Well, you're going to have to organise teaching rounds this year." And I'm thinking, teaching rounds? What's why? He about? First year, second <laughs> degree. The first years were all about sport. I played every sport. It was the best fun. You know, you can imagine a you know 18, 19 year old kid that loves sport doing mm, bad absolutely, music, yeah. And, you know, basketball and tennis and and you know ballet. All sorts of cool stuff. And then the third year is, okay, now you've got to nice teaching rounds. And I'm thinking, oh, why? So I went and asked the question. <laughs> his lecturer was looking at me like, mate, are you okay? Are you? <laughs> I'm asking this question, why do I need teaching rounds? And he had this look on his <laughs> looked at me like I was a little bit cuckoo. Cool. <laughs> and, and, uh, like- and he said, well, you do realize this is a Bachelor of Education, don't you? Like it's a teaching degree. And he go, ah, oh, really? No, didn't know that. Okay, let's do that. So <laughs> I ended up becoming a school teacher, right? And, and I taught for about three or four years. But you taught physical
1: hated. education, I, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, I did <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I, taught math. I taught maths as well. Oh, did you? Oh, <laughs> oh, no.
2: I have Not English, <laughs> not English.
1: Not <laughs> English. No, I did not teach English.
4: No. But, even, but teaching phys ed is no fun. Particularly. No. It's not fun. That's oh. harder than maths. Well, it's I found so difficult. It's I know. Do. They're in a room, yeah. right? Like they're there. And for Zed, they're out there and they're running a mark, and, mm. and I just this is not what I want to do. So I it's that's what how I you want to live, right? Into. Yeah. That's where I got into the fitness. I thought I'd better get out of teaching before I strangle a teenager. No. That's joking. Do you want to bleep that, mate? Do
2: you want to bleep that? Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll just bleep that. <laughs> oh, we know, oh what, you, God, you we know yeah. what you
1: mean. It's, I think if your heart's not in it in teaching, it's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Your heart was always I, was in going to
4: do it. it. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that. I was that. not good at it. Yep. I didn't want to do yep. it. Um but I force... Again, you force yourself to do it because why do you... Because, well, it's a job and you've got to have a job and yeah. you've got to... Be blah, 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 and there's all this rubbish that we hear from society that pushes us down a path that most people don't want to go. And so I finally got to the point so I can't do this anymore and that's when I, um, I started working in the gym part-time while I was teaching and then I started working full-time in the gym and then a couple of years later I started personal training um, and I started, you know started my own personal training business and um the books. You know, fifteen years later, lose a hundred thousand dollars in in a cafe and make a crazy decision to write a book and bang here I am. So here's the message here's the message. It doesn't have to be it's not always gonna be pretty on the on no. the way, but the the key is you've got to follow your heart.
1: Yeah. You know, mm. you
4: don't yep. force yourself to stay doing something yep. that you don't love. I like. love it. I keep love looking, keep researching, yep. keep trying things until you find what you want. Who knew that being an author was the thing that I'd be so incredibly passionate about? Certainly not me for the vast majority of my life. When I was 2004. When was that? That was 16, like 17 years a, Yeah, 16. years That
1: yeah, was 15. almost
4: 20 years ago. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to give away my age, but I was in my I was in my late 30s at the time. So up until late 30s if someone said, Andrew, you're going to be a best-selling author, I would just laugh. i said, you're crazy. I can't write a book. I can't even read one. Unless it's unless it in the sports section of the newspaper or it's a comic book, you know, forget about it. So, I mean, it shows what's possible when you just follow that heart and you and you just... Keep you going. Create, well, yeah, but the keys is, always comes back to the vision. I always, now always bring everyone back how do you want to live? How do you want to live? Because if you head off on a path and you're not clear where you're heading, you'll he- you'll end up somewhere and chances are it won't be where you want to end
2: up. I feel like that's <laughs> – let's leave it there for <laughs> go on a short break. How do we want to live? No matter where you are, don't think what you want to do. Think what. how do you want to live? How, what do you want your life to look like? This is honestly – Andrew, I'm, <laughs> I'm speechless right now. And I'm a speaker. so. <laughs> and that's
4: no good when you're a radio host either. No, it's <laughs> not. No, it's not. <laughs> it does, it's not good at all. <laughs> well, hey. Lucky you've got Ferrier with you. I yeah,
2: know. lucky. hey. Ah. I mean, hey, that's just credit to you. Honestly, this story is amazing. So, guys, stick with us. It's 19 to 4, and we'll be back shortly.
1: So, uh, what's your
4: favorite color? Uh, black. Oh, yeah. Favorite food? Black pudding. Favorite fruit? Blackberries.
2: Favorite drink? Black Russian. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite movie? Oh, uh, Men in Black. Favorite actor? Jack Black. Favorite band? Black Sabbath. Favorite song? Black Betty. Favorite football team? Black Town. Black Town
5: City. Black Town.
2: Show your support and show up. Blacktown City FC. Your town, your team.
5: Term 3 courses are open for enrolments at the Parramatta College and you have the option to learn either face-to-face in the classroom or online via Zoom. Courses include leisure and lifestyle, languages, computer skills, business and work skills. feed free. Training is also available. This training is subsidised by the New South Wales Government and eligibility criteria applies. Improve your personal and professional development with the Parramatta College. Enrol today. Call 9687... Two zero seven two, or visit Station sponsor. It's fourteen minutes to four.
2: This is business insights with no Mario. We Faria. are with <laughs> Faria. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and Faria show. The Matt and Faria show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> speak a little bit closer to the mic.
1: Can you hear me now? Perfect. That's awesome. perfect. And
2: we're with Andrew Jobling now. Andrew is. He's a former AFL player. He has, you know, I don't even need, even need to go into his his resume. He's has such an extensive history. Though he's on a mission to create a wave of wellness in the world, and it's it's such a big, I mean, like, big thing that I resonate with. You, I mean, most of the listeners they know my story of attempting suicide and surviving, though now living to inspire others. Andrew, firstly, why? Why the way the world
4: Well, because the world needs it, mate. You know, and I know that there's a lot of sick people in the world, mentally, physically, emotionally unwell people, and it's not how it's meant to be. I mean, look, we're all born for a reason. We're all, we're all put on this planet to, to live joyful, meaningful lives. And, and there's, the vast majority of people are not doing that. And, you know, I lost my mom to cancer. I wrote a book about her. And, you know, I watched her fight a disease for fifteen years longer than than was predicted. I saw her, you know, end up losing her life and 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 I just I've just been agitated to the point where, you know, I my vision is to make a difference. I wanna leave this when I leave this planet i knew there's gonna be a wave happening because of my existence and and so everything I do, every single thing I do, the the, the goal is to ripple ripple out you know having this conversation with you guys I'm doing it because I want to impact lives the books that I write I know will live on long be, beyond I will um you know the speaking I do in schools and the corporate stuff that I do you know every person I speak to that listens and acts is going to impact someone else I um you know the podcast I mean I love my podcast I love the impact that's having on lives I help people write books now and, and part of the reason is and it's not a and this might sound interesting, but the reason I do it is because it helps me fulfill my mission of creating a wave of wellness, because I work with people that are writing, in most cases, inspirational slash self-help stuff. So by me helping you, for example, Matt, let's say you go, right, I'm gonna write my book, and you mm. say, Andrew, can you help me And I help you write your book. Well, your book's gonna live on beyond you and beyond me, and the books that I help you write is gonna impact lives. And I just think if we get together, you know, we're, I mean, the world's in a sick place right now. Like we know that, and it's not because of the coronavirus, right? It's because mm, of attitudes. Yep. It's it's because of it's 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 because of societal values that are just incongruent with with happy, healthy, joyful lives.
2: And it's interesting you say that, that because that's not a perspective we hear very often.
4: Well, but I agree. I definitely agree. And well, because it takes me the courage to say it. It does. It does. Station, right? Like, you know, I, I just look around the world and I just know, and, you know, again, this is going to sound controversial. I, you know, you go into schools and I go into schools and what... Um, for the most part, that's being taught is not what's equipping people to live happy, healthy lives.
3: Absolutely. You
4: know, learning how to read and write and do arithmetic is not teaching someone how to deal with conflict. It's not teaching someone how to live joyfully. It's not teaching people how to find gratitude. It's not teaching people how to create wealth. It's not teaching people how to be optimally healthy. It's not teaching people how to to live in the moment it's not teaching Mm. people how to have perspective and and look at obstacles as a as an opportunity rather than as a barrier we don't learn that stuff in school we learn that we must get a grade you know and and life is you know society puts value on grades and and that's and 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 that's
2: our our worth right that's our worth
4: exactly that that's all that's our worth so we get valued based on on what grade we get or, or what what our job status is, not who we are as a person and what 's important to us that 's the problem that 's why there's so much sickness because we 've got people doing stuff that is in conflict with what 's important to them they 're they're, they're forcing themselves to do it because well, this is what 's expected of me, and they end up miserable, they end up depressed they end up you know why is there so much suicide? I mean you know you know the answer to that question because you you felt pressured to conform to a societal belief that you need to have a purpose in life at the age of twelve years old, which is crazy. You just need to enjoy every day. You just need to love being a child. That's what you needed. You needed to learn about joy and, and you need to learn about you know, finding your passion and your purpose in life. You didn't need to be forced down a path that you didn't want to go. And people have being forced down paths and a lot of that they're forcing themselves down this path because we all have freedom of choice but That's it, you yeah. may be in lockdown right now but you you are not a prisoner you, you're you a prisoner of your thoughts mm,
3: right? because
4: yeah. in yes. lockdown yep. you yes. get to you get to choose you know Melbourne is has been in far more lockdowns than Sydney right yep. like yep. we're in number six we had an earthquake today right so not only we're we in lockdown but we had an earthquake I don't know if you felt it in Sydney but um like we're not victims because in lockdown i can tell you for me personally i've started a podcast i have learned more about myself as a person i've written a new book i've i speak to more people in more places all around the world than ever before this lockdown for me has helped me create this vision and continue my vision of creating this wave of wellness around the world and i let me tell you it's needed so every, and that's why Matt I love what you do that's what, why I resonated with you when I connected with you on LinkedIn I knew this is a man who I want to be part of because of his message and what he's doing to create a wave of well-being and, and wonder all around the world and that's, my, that's the vision I had in my heart to connect with, collaborate with, work with people and together we can start this ripple effect that's going to have a positive ripple all around the world
2: and it's, and it, like you said, it's 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 so needed, so prevalent. I mean, oh, we see it all the time. And and you know, I mean, you would know also, like Andrew, with just like mental health certificates, statistics, statistics being the worst that they've ever been, and just constantly on the rise. The pressure that people are under because of COVID. I mean, like, and well, like you said, it is the prison of their own mind that they're in. The prison, the prison to their thoughts. But let's let's leave it there for now and go on a quick short break. We'll be back shortly. This is business insights with matt and faria i'm very blessed to be with her in studio and we're with andrew jobling we'll be back shortly
5: We are the Insight Intelligence Group specialising in Australian corporate investigations and information risk management, workplace investigations, competitor analysis, social media intelligence, reputational risk management, internal or external investigations. Professional and proactive Insight Intelligence Group works with you to ensure the success of the investigation. Australia-wide or global, facts,
4: not opinion. 2 aaa 29837 insightintelligence.com.au. Stations Sponsor.
5: Proud sponsors Linden Electric have been best in class since 1977, providing unparalleled electrical expertise in commercial, industrial and laboratory solutions. This dynamic family-run team prides themselves on over 43 years' worth of client-focused results based on their core values of quality, safety and integrity. Linden Electric, experts in electrical 9890 9663 or email james at linden.net.au for a booking. Station sponsor.
1: Hello, I'm Sam Mamone, and Director of Cherrybrook Real Estate, the specialist in residential management. Call us on 9980 9860. We pride ourselves on taking the stress out of property management, looking after you and your investment at a competitive rate. If you need property management, call me, Sam Mamone from Cherrybrook Real Estate, 9980 9860.
4: Station Sponsor.
2: And it's five to four here on Business Insights with Faria and Matt. And we're here with Andrew Jobling. And I, I honestly, honestly, this, this conversation's been that good. We keep we to. We've got to extend it next time.
1: We have he's to, he's we amazing. Have to. You're amazing, yeah. Andrew. We
2: are bringing in you with Thank it. you. <laughs> Great
4: to be with you guys.
2: So, Andrew, unfortunately, this is the last segment. We only have a couple minutes left. What is something that the each and every listener could apply to their lives and maybe think about? To so they can create their own well uh, wave of wellness within themselves. Yes, yep.
4: good question. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a that's a great question. Look, honestly, I think the most important thing is for us to realise we're in control of our destiny. Mm. We're in control, not the government, yep. not our parents, yep. not our not not our boss. We're in control, and the first piece is always sit down and go, okay. Up to this point in my life, this is not really the life I want. How do I want to live yes. and get some clarity? And then have some courage to go out there and, and start the process of making it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I can tell you that I'm so incredibly grateful for some of the almost, almost crazy decisions that I've made. But I know that, you know... I just look back at my life and I think, okay, it all makes sense. But at the start, it made no sense. So there's, a, there's, a, there's an element of faith there. You've just got to have a bit of a leap of faith, go, right, this is, well, this is what I want. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to take a step. And, and the first step would be to reach out to someone who's doing what you want to do or living the life you want to live and, and say, help me. What can I do? Yep. But you're in control. It okay? doesn't matter what other people are telling you you can and can't do. You get to choose. You get to choose. You're in control. So choose your best life because you only get one shot at it.
2: And it's a choice.
1: Choice, yeah. It's
2: all a choice. And that's the beautiful part about life. And I think, would that be the, would that be what you would say to 11-year-old Andrew? What would you say to him? Well, I, do you know what? I would say
4: to 11-year-old Andrew, all I would say would be um, trust more and believe more. Um, that'd be the only thing I'd say because, I mean, the 11-year-old Andrew, you know, he he had a vision and, and he was willing to, you know, even with the fear that he had and the insecurities that he had, he was willing to have a go. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm pretty proud of 11-year-old Andrew. I look back so he that, should you know, be, yeah. and, and think, do you know what, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for him
2: absolutely absolutely and andrew unfortunately we have wrapped up yep. we, have, we have to wrap it up and i w- I would love for every listener to get in touch well, will to, to reach out to you to also l- look for your book the um the wellness puzzle it's like, like, honestly it's something that needs to be out there your what you do andrew is so needed how can the viewers get or listeners sorry get in touch with you
4: um, well, the best thing is just go to my website, Matt, which is andrewjobling.com.au, dot com dot au, and they could, you know, I would certainly recommend jump on the Wellness Puzzle podcast and certainly listen to, listen to the podcast called Healing Through Feeling with Matt Caruana. Um, oh, I love and, it! <laughs> <laughs> that was an awesome podcast so good. that went out last week. So, um, yeah, but wow. I'm, I'm more than happy for people to reach out, send me an email, just. At, you know, you can contact me through the website. Um, yes. And uh, happy to hear from anyone who would like some guidance.
1: Thank you uh, so much, thank Andrew. Thank you very much, It's been much, our Andrew. pleasure.
2: It's been yeah. a massive
1: pleasure yeah. for us. Definitely.
2: And thank you as well. I know. <laughs> it's
1: <been> so good. <laughs> and so,
2: for everyone listening, if you didn't catch the earlier part of the interview or the previous part with, I don't remember, Anthony, that's Anthony, right. Yeah. yeah. So, it was
1: the boxer. Ooh.
2: After after 6:30 tonight, the interviews will be live on alive905.com.au. Stick around. And, Andrew, Jobbly, thank you very much. Thank you Thanks so guys. much, Andrew.
1: Thanks, Thanks Pleasure. Gary. And accept my um, invitation on LinkedIn.
2: SE <laughs> <laughs> Timbers Castle Hill
5: are flooring experts. Not just flooring, SE Timbers supply, install and guarantee solid timber, engineered, laminate and vinyl flooring as well as carpet blinds and shutters. An authorised dealer of major brands like Borrell,
2: Preference and Quickstep. Call 98946660 or visit setimbers.com.au to arrange a free quote today. Station sponsor,
5: SE Timber Floors and Shutters, ingrained quality. Ever have that sinking feeling that you forgot to get the gas bottle filled for the barbecue or outdoor heater? Do you worry about transporting a gas bottle in the boot of your car? Kangaroo Gas has got you covered.